Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. On Yahoo Sports Radio. I want winners. Well, in 2006, our next guest was named the most powerful agent in pro football, a position he still holds. Tom Condon's client list includes many of the NFL's biggest names, including Peyton and Eli Manning, Drew Brees, Tony Romo, J.J. Watt, Des Bryant, Richard Sherman, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, Sam Bradford, Whew, friend of the show, Victor Cruz, and many, many more. But Tom first came into the NFL as a 10th-round draft choice of the Kansas City Chiefs in 1974, and despite being drafted so low, they became a 10-year starting guard, played 12 years in the NFL, was president of the NFL Players Association, and attended law school in the offseason. While still a player, he was the union's co-counsel during its two-month strike in 1982 and upon retirement, negotiated a contract for former NFLPA executive director Gene Upshaw that made him the highest paid union leader in labor history. Tom was recently called the Alpha Agent by Men's Journal and as head of the football division of CAA. This year represents first-round draft pick Andres Pete among five rookie clients added to a stable of over 50 NFL stars. Tom Condon, it's a pleasure to welcome someone who would never willingly represent the three of us. <laughs> hey, Clark, are you kidding? Three Hall of Fame voters? <laughs> <laughs> that won't help you. Even, even, yeah. even that's not going to do me any good, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. Afraid not. Afraid not. <laughs> Tom, you were a guy who didn't start in high school until you were senior, I believe, and then you were a walk-on at Boston College who didn't get a scholarship until your junior year, if I got that right, and then you were 10th-round pick, as, as Clark pointed out. Uh, what did those football experiences teach you that relate to the kind of clients you represent today, which are really the top players? Well, it, it, it certainly told me that I ought to try to get a little better start. The... Uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was certainly slow out of the gate, but ne- nevertheless, um, you know, seriously, the uh, I, I, w- I was really fortunate. I had uh, I had Rick Tellier at Notre Dame High School as my head coach, who ended up they ended up naming the uh, Pop Warner League after him. He was fantastic, and I had the good fortune to have Ron Gunther, who became the athletic director at Illinois as my coach at Boston College, and then of course Hank Stram and Marv Levy and uh, you know a host of others. Um, uh, actually, six uh, head coaches in the pros, and uh, and and all of them basically came up with the same thing, which was preparation, teamwork, finish everything, and uh, make no excuses. And so, those are the kind of players that uh, that I look for to represent, and have been looking for through my entire career. And 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 typically, absent some horrendous injury, uh, they play for a long time and they play at a high level. Tom, flash forward to the present. I want to put your super agent hat on. If you had Tom Brady as a client, how would you have handled the situation differently? Well, you know, I hate to, uh, to tell you the truth. I, uh, you know, with uh, uh, the Tom Brady situation, I've, I've watched it like uh, all the fans have and the interested people around the country, um, but, uh, but certainly didn't read the Wells report or any of that kind of thing. But. I think just generally from looking at the outside, um, I probably would have uh, recommended that we uh, cooperated fully in terms of uh, turning over the electronic data, uh, that kind of thing. And I think other than that, it was uh, probably to to say, listen, I'm sorry if it was something that was uh, that big a deal, but uh, I I suppose I didn't realize that uh, 
having having the, the ball be a little bit softer was going to be uh, you know such a, a, a huge uh, uh, or, or that people would think it would be such a huge advantage. And uh, I think other than cooperation and uh, and saying I was sorry, I think that would be about it. Agent Tom Condon is our guest on the Talk of Fame Network, and Tom, I would like you to educate me here as someone who played and as someone who now represents players and star players. What's the agent's role when an appeal to a suspension is filed? And by that, I mean, what is his role vis-a-vis the NFLPA? Well, um, you know, typically if we've got a player that has a problem um, or in, in regular contact with the Players Association and their attorneys, um, if we think that it's appropriate to hire outside legal counsel, then we'll, we'll do that as well. Um, but the, uh, the, you know, the PA, turn, PA attorneys have done a, a fantastic job in the past of uh, handling some of our clients, and uh, and so um, I think that uh, you know that you you you've got to uh, um, make sure that you're giving your player every advantage, and certainly uh, trying to do the best you can. One quick question uh, more on this uh, that just sort of pops in my mind, Hop, because I'm I'm not sure what the answer is, and I know you very likely know. When it's an issue like this, which I guess you could argue involves something on the field or, or you know, not a criminal matter or some of that, are those issues still in the total control of the commissioner? Can he, if he wants to, say, look, I'm the final arbiter here, I'll, I'll listen to the appeal and, and rule myself? Uh, yeah, he can. And, uh, and as long as he's consistent um, with, with what he's done in the past, um, then, then yes, he's, uh, he has the ability to handle um, the uh, actions that are happening on the field. Now, if somebody's done something that's going to be considered conduct detrimental, um, and they're going to be disciplined for the conduct detrimental, then the determination as to whether or not it actually was uh, falls within the the, uh, uh, the definition of conduct detrimental, um, the players' association you know may have a different uh, may have a different view, and they have the opportunity then to you know to make their um, their views on it uh, uh, known as well. Okay, I wanted to get back to to to, to you because uh, I found this kind of interesting about you. And correct me if I'm wrong, which of course you've known me many years, so you know I'm never wrong. But uh, <laughs> when you dra- when you were drafted, my understanding is you refused Hank Stramps. He offered you a one year deal for fourteen grand with a two thousand dollars signing bonus, and told you, uh, you know, th- th- this is what it was, and and you turned that down. Uh, and he, I believe, said to you, look, you turn it down a $2,000 summer job, you're not going to make the team. But you ended up with an $18,000 contract, a $10,000 bonus, and a full-time job for 12, for, for 12 years. How did that happen? You know, uh, i got to tell you, uh, Hank Strand was great to me, and, and he was terrific with my family as well. I just re- recall my mom and dad came out to a game, and he personally gave him a tour through the stadium. And, uh, and, and, he was, and as a matter of fact, when I finally made the team, uh, and he congratulated me, and, and I was sitting in front of him in his office, and he picked up a card and said, uh, here, son, he said, I'm going to give you the card. He said, take a look at this. I, I thought it was going to be his card so that I could call him if there was ever a problem or something like that, but it was actually, <laughs> it was his tailor. And he, was, he, he thought that I, I wasn't quite as natally dressed as I should be. So. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, the um, uh, so, you know, at that time, the old WFL was in existence, and uh, and I had been drafted by uh, the Boston Bulls, and Babe Pirelli was the head coach, and uh, and I went there and met the general manager Dusty Rhodes, 
and uh, and and they offered me a completely guaranteed contract for, if I memory serves me correctly, about thirty thousand dollars. But I didn't get that offer until after uh, Hank had made the two thousand dollar and fourteen two thousand dollars signing bonus, fourteen thousand dollar base salary. But I knew I couldn't do anything because my dad was a lawyer, and there was no way I was agreeing to any contract without talking to him first, or or else I would have to face the wrath. <laughs> so, so I, I so I told him I did I didn't think it sounded that good, and I'd like to talk to my dad about it because he was a lawyer. And Hank said, "Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely, you got to talk to your father." And in the meantime, I got a thirty thousand dollar offer, uh, completely guaranteed from the Bulls, and uh, and I I, I I basically was literally calling Hank Stram up to tell him that I w- I was going to go with the Bulls because they offered me a lot more money guaranteed. And uh, and he said, "What would it take to stay?" And at that point, I was I was you know flummoxed, and I just blurted out ten thousand dollars for a signing bonus. <laughs> and he said, "Okay, what about the salary?" And I said, uh, "I thought of something outrageous." And I said, eighteen thousand dollars." And he said, "Done." And I said, "I meant twenty. And he said, "Hey, you said eighteen. <laughs> that was it. I was done. <laughs> Tom, how, how have things changed for NFL players today beyond the bigger contracts, and are they better off or not than uh, your day as a player? Well, yeah, I, I, I do think um, certainly the, the, the difference between um, when I played and now, uh, as far as the scope and the popularity and uh, uh, the National Football League is, I mean, it's, it's hard to believe that, it, that, that it's the same game. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, in those days, nobody was really making very much money. I mean, to the point where almost everyone had an off-season job, which, you know, everybody thinks that my going to law school during the off-season was a big deal. Um, the rest of the guys were selling insurance and selling cars and doing all sorts of stuff like that. So it was just, a, I just didn't have a job. I was going to school. Um, so the uh, so the, that part of it has certainly changed. But now the, the players have an opportunity; they can stay healthy and stay in the league for um, a, enough time to get to their second contract. Um, they can be financially secure for the rest of their life if they do it, you know, properly. And uh, and and that certainly was not the case uh, when we were playing. Now, um, in in terms of the rules of the game. Um, and the safety of the game, it, 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 it also is night and day. I mean, the, the head slap, uh, cutting the player while you're engaged, clothesline and the wide receivers, um, you know, all the head shots that, that everybody used to take, um, all of that stuff is gone. And, and even the, just the rule, well, certainly for the quarterbacks, um, not being able to take an extra step and not being able to hit them with the crown of the helmet, and uh, not being able to slam them to the ground or lay on top of them, all of that kind of thing, um, has has certainly changed the game for the quarterback. Um, in terms of the offense and defensive line, uh, less head-to-head contact um, because the coaches figured out, well, when they changed the rules, so that if, it used to be that if you extended your arm, even if you did not hold inside the tackle-tackle box, that was considered holding. You got a 15-yard penalty. So as soon as they allowed extended arms inside the tackle-tackle box, 
then the players changed in terms of their size because they were looking for leverage. And they wanted to have the defender be as far away from their, sh- from their shoulder as they could because, of course, the shoulder was a lever where the defender would grab you and pull you and get to the quarterback. So it went from, you know, everybody that was my size then became obsolete. Quick question for you. What was more fun, winning football games or winning negotiations? Uh, the winning football games was more fun for me. The winning the negotiation is more fun for my client. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Okay. Hey, Tom, thanks for doing this. Really, we appreciate it and, and doing it, um, you know, especially in the wake of the Brady News. But thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Right. We'll call you again. Right, appreciate it. Thank okay. you. That was Tom Condon, agent to the best and brightest in the NFL. When we return, we'll talk some of the best and brightest NFL about faces. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.